Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Hi, everyone. It's good to see you. Glad to be here. And I am so excited. Like, I, I think I say that every week. I'm so excited, but I am so excited. Isn't the scripture amazing? Following Jesus is incredible, and I hope you, you experience that as well. So we're diving into a brand new series. In fact, well, we're kind of joking around about this because we're saying it's a brand new series. But last summer, we also did a Summer Psalms series, if you remember, about a year ago. And it went so well uh, that we decided to do it again. There are 150 of them, and uh, we're not going to get through. In fact, yeah, we are going to— just decided right now we're going to go through all of them in the next couple of weeks. Okay, so hang on. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, we're not going to get through all of them. We will get through a number of them over the next few weeks, and I am so, so excited about that. I will say we're not going to talk about the structure of how the book of Psalms works. We did that last year, and so if you, uh, especially those first two messages from a year ago, we outlined how Psalm 1 and 2 form major themes throughout the rest of the book, and we talked about how the book of Psalms is actually structured because it has a structure. It is a worship book. And so I encourage you to go back and find that on our website if you would like to do that. But we're going to look more specifically in depth on some individual psalms during this series. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So like I said, and I think we all know, the book of Psalms is an ancient book of hymns and prayer for the Christian faith. It's been a primary book for the followers of Jesus for a very, very long time. In fact, uh, the book of Psalms, as you know, is often printed as an appendix to like just the New Testament, right? So like if you think about those Gideon, the green Gideon Bibles, they're the New Testament and the Psalms. We find the Psalms everywhere, all throughout the rest of the Old Testament and all throughout the New Testament. And it's really, really amazing. It's a really important book. One of the early church fathers named Athanasius wrote this, that the Psalms have a unique place in the Bible because whereas most of scripture speaks to us, the book of Psalms speak for us. Isn't that great? I love, it's one of the things I love about the Psalms and I know if I, if I, I know there's going to be head nods here, but One of the great things about the book of Psalms is that it so authentically reflects human spirituality, right? And interaction with God. I love those moments where you're reading the book of Psalms and you're like, wait a minute, you can't say that to God, right? And then, yes, you can. And we can relate to that very, very well. And I'm so thankful for that. But it is a significant book uh, in the Bible and has been a significant and continues to be a significant book historically uh, for the Christian faith. So today we're going to look at Psalm 8. And I love this psalm. In fact, you'll recognize the first line right away because we've written songs about this song, right? Uh, So it's kind of fun. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at Psalm 8 and we're going to recognize that Psalm 8 is a psalm of perspective. David, the author of this psalm, tries to give us perspective about who God is, who we are, and God's might. And it's just so neat. That's why we wanted to start with the book of, uh, or Psalm chapter 8 today as we start our Summer Psalms book. It's incredible how it frames God and how it shapes us as well. So to get into this psalm, let me ask you this question. If you have been a parent Uh, You know, one of, it's like a moment in your parent life that's really fun. 
naming your kids, right? <laughs> and so I was teasing earlier, uh, I had to have a name picked out for Addison, our first, when we went to go get the ultrasound to find out if it was a boy or a girl. Like, I just had to know her name. I didn't, I wanted to be able to call our kid something other than it or the baby. So I had to have a name. Christine and I were, we, we agreed fairly easily on names for boys. We did not see eye to eye on names for girls. We went back and forth on that a lot. So uh, it was really fun. But did you know the year that I was born, the most popular names for girls was Jennifer, Jessica, Amanda, and Sarah. The most popular names for boys the year I was born was Michael, Christopher, Matthew, and Jason. So those are kind of, it's kind of fun. Now fast forward to this year, 2021, and I tried to do my best. There's lots of different sites, and, and so my, I did my best to kind of summarize what a good chunk of the most popular names are. For girls, this year, Ava, Aurora, Eloise, and Hazel. Isn't that fascinating? And for boys, Arlo, Rowan, Finn, maybe that's like a Star Wars connection, yeah, yes, uh, and Ezra. That, those are the most popular names for boys so far in 2021. And I love this because one of the things that Psalm chapter 8 does is it, uh, it, it kind of, it, it connects us right away with a pretty significant name, the name of God. You know, we often might name uh, our kids something based on family significance. Maybe we have a, a, a historic name that's really meaningful and we pass it on. Uh, or maybe it's the particular meaning of a name. So I'll give you a great example. Uh, my name, Kyle, means handsome. <laughs> And my middle name, Thomas, I, I don't know if you already knew this, but I'm a twin. I have a twin sister. My middle name, Thomas, uh, means twin. So my name literally means the handsome twin. I think my parents just nailed that one. <laughs> Great name, mom and dad. Thanks. <laughs> But, uh, but according to the scripture, and specifically here in Psalm chapter 8, we know that there is a name that is above all other names, right? A name that is incomparable, indescribable, a name that is over and above everything. The name of Yahweh, right? God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's where this psalm starts. It's pretty incredible, like I said, Psalm chapter 8 is a psalm that gives us perspective where we try to stand back and look up at God. David, the author of the psalm, is going to try to help answer this question for us. Why is God's name so majestic in all the earth? So what I'd like to do is as we go through the psalm, I'm going to point out three practices that will help us live out the truth of Psalm chapter 8. So I'm going to read it in its entirety here for us. It's only nine verses. Most of the Psalms are shorter and you can read them in a pretty, you know, just a few minutes. There's a couple that are longer. Psalm 119, I'm looking at you, right? Uh, but so I'm going to read this whole thing and uh, you'll see it on the screen. Psalm chapter 8. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. There it is. You got the song in your head, right? Maybe some of you. Uh, your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? 
Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with all glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. I love it. It's such a great psalm, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff that's happening here. And so one of the cool things is that this psalm is a song. It has a song-like structure. And I just want to encourage you, we're not going to talk specifically about that structure this morning. Pastor Holly and I really talked a lot more in depth about that in our weekly discussion podcast. You can go find that uh, and get into that. But this psalm begins and ends the same way. Verse 1 and verse 9, uh, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. It's such a great way to begin this psalm. So Psalm 8 does this incredible stare up at God kind of thing. In fact, the main action that this psalm calls us to is worship, astonishment, and awe. And I'm so glad uh, for last week we had a guest speaker here, Pastor Eric Spangler, who is our Asia area director. Uh, What he had to share with us was significant. He said that if if you didn't, uh, well, if you didn't get an opportunity to hear it, you can go back on our website and look. But he said, he reminded us that um, of the importance of fixing our eyes on God, who is the only one who can really authentically give us joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. And so this is a bit what this psalm is trying to do too. At its beginning, it's telling us to look at God, to stare in awe and wonder. You know, we say this every once in a while around here, but we, and so you'll be familiar with it, but we don't want to be so familiar with the story of scripture or who God is that we lose our awe and wonder at God and what he's done, right? And so it's psalms like this that give us that perspective to be like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Even in the midst of difficulty, we need to remember and recognize who God is and what he's done. And that's the whole point uh, of this psalm. And so it's a really great way to start. So I'm going to highlight the first uh, spiritual practice that can highlight what this psalm is teaching us is this, that this psalm calls us to look up at God. I love it because the psalm just kind of leaves us there, open mouth, staring up at God, saying exactly what David said at the beginning, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And what I want to do is I want, uh, I, I want us to see that this psalm points out a few things about God that can help us exercise our awe and wonder at God. It helps us understand that God is both transcendent and imminent. That maybe he can feel far away but is sovereign and yet he is near. He's infinite and yet he's intricately intricately caring about us and the day-to-day of our life. And that he's mindful of us. This picture that the psalm paints of God is incredible. So David begins in verse 1 talking about God's name. We just talked about that a little bit. He starts, O Lord, our Lord, which the words are, O Yahweh, our Adonai. He starts, David starts this psalm using the Old Testament covenantal name of God, which would have been immediately recognizable to to his original readers. It's a name that recognizes God, you are the one who established relationship with humanity. Uh, You are the one who started the rescue plan all the way back from Exodus, all the way through the covenant with Moses. You've been continually faithful and have provided for us generations 
generation after generation, day by day. That's how David starts the psalm by recognizing all of that, by calling him his covenantal name. Pretty awesome, right? And so I think one of the things that we have to do, this is where we don't lose our awe and wonder. We recognize that is our God. And that was, that's what God has done in scripture. And he's doing that here and now, even in our lives today. It's amazing. So why is God's name so great? Because of what he's done. Because he's established this ongoing, faithful relationship. And so for us as we're hearing this, here's the key. To put God's faithfulness into your thinking, into your own context. Oh Lord, my Lord, you're majestic because of your faithfulness to me, because of your faithfulness to my family, because of your faithfulness to our people, right? Especially when we didn't deserve it. Have you ever experienced something like that in your life of God? Think about those moments that are tough, those life circumstances where you feel like you can't go on. God was faithful and there even if we didn't feel like it. Praise the Lord. There's no place near or far, high or low where God's name doesn't reign or rule where he is not Lord. What an incredible God we have. Amen? Every tongue, every tribe, every nation His name is the great name in all the earth. Scripture tells us story after story after story of that. And we know it to be true in our own experience as well. David is looking up in wonder and astonishment, being taken aback by this good, gracious, powerful, and merciful God. And it's one of the best parts about the Psalms, in my opinion, is that the Psalms can remind us of that God. (laughs) right? I'm so, so thankful. When's the last time that you have stared up in awe at God for all that he's done for you, for me, for the world? You know, oftentimes for me, that might look like I might go on a walk somewhere, or I might, uh, and I might begin to pray, but not say anything, right? Just open my heart and mind to God and ask God to just Speak to me, and I just try to become aware of all that God has done, both what he's doing in those moments, and I remember what he's done in my life. And in those moments, I stand in awe at who God is, his power, and his mercy. David reminds us that we need to exercise this be in awe of God spiritual muscle regularly. And I'm thankful for that, because it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to have that as a perspective constantly, and especially when we face trouble or crises in our life. You know what that does is our our perspective really narrows, right? We focus really specifically on the difficulty that we're facing and we can lose sight of God. So fix your eyes on God. Take a step back in Psalm 8. Hear David saying, have the perspective of who God is. Uh, He he has another level of perspective that's really helpful for us. In that, uh, in verse 2, it says that he says, which seems like a weird turn. I don't know about you, but it seems like a weird turn to me. He says, you've taught children and infants to tell of your strength. Children and infants? David, what are you doing? That's kind of weird. But what what he's doing is that he's, he's recognizing human weakness in comparison to God's greatness. I love how the message says it here in verse 2. It says, 
Nursing infants gurgle choruses about you. Toddlers shout the songs that drown out enemy talk and silence atheist babble. (laughs) Isn't that kind of a fun way to hear it? Uh, So David is saying your power and majesty are so great you can move mountains, you create planets, you conquer armies, and you teach babies to tell of your strength. (laughs) So again, I think David is highlighting the, with, with his language, remember this is a song, it's very poetic, uh, he's highlighting our weakness compared to God's strength and power. And this is a key realization that helps increase our awe and wonder and worship at God. That as we look up at God and stand in wonder and, and awe, we recognize our weakness, um, but uh, we also know that he is the creator. He is mighty and powerful so much so that he can use human weakness to accomplish the work of the kingdom. Isn't that incredible? I'm so thankful that you and I don't have to have it all put together. We don't have to be perfect people. We're all in process of becoming more and more like God. And those moments where we feel weak, God is with us and can still use us in those moments, even use our weakness to further things of the kingdom. Doesn't that leave you in awe and wonder about who God is? So we have these two pictures. God is Yahweh, our God, our Adonai. He is the author, creator, the beginner of the rescue. And he can use even our weakness for the things of the kingdom. Incredible. So David, he's taken this step back and gaining some perspective and helping us reflect on how important uh, God is and how powerful he is. Um, there's another kind of cool aspect of, of this uh, word here uh, in verses three and four. He, David, again, he takes a step back. So he's talked about God's greatness. He's talked about our weakness. And then he kind of takes back and has another look at God's greatness. Look at what he says here in verse three and four. It says, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. I love that. <laughs> it's kind of like David saying, you, you can do all this, just, you can just knit all this together with your hands. Well, then who are we that you should be mindful of us, that you should be thinking of us? Um, and he's, uh, I love it because... Uh, <clears throat> He's again kind of reflecting on this idea of who are we, this human weakness aspect, which really takes us to this second thing that I want to highlight, uh, and specifically here in verse four, and I'll share with you the, the cool aspect of these words. The second thing that the psalm calls us to do after we recognize who God is, we look up at God. The psalm calls us to live fully into God's calling for our life. So if God is so great, uh, if he is so wor- worth our awe and wonder, if he can shape the universe with a single word, then, then why would he even think about you and me? We just read that in verse, ch- in verse four. Uh, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Let me ask you this. David's kind of reflecting on human weakness compared to God. Have you ever felt weak? <laughs> Have you ever felt feeble in any situation in your life? Maybe today, maybe this morning, Have you ever faced a difficult situation, a relational dynamic in your life? Maybe you've gone through some significant trauma in your life. 
there's this really amazing word that David uses here, which is why we can live into what God has called us to do. When he asks, who are we that we should think about us? Others, other translations say, who are we that you might be mindful of us? Why should you care? Part of the definition of think about or be mindful of is this idea of visitation. And it's a visitation from God that has already happened and is happening now and will continue to happen. So who are, who are we, God, that you, powerful God, creator of the universe, should have your presence? Who are we that your presence should be with us? Who are we that your presence has already been with us? Isn't that cool? And is with us now and will continue to be. That's part of the definition of this word. So you could read this verse to say, who are we that you have visited us, that you have cared for us and will continue to do so? It's, it's a really cool uh, part of this, to recognize God's power, recognize our weakness, and yet that powerful God has been with us. Isn't that encouraging? That is, that, that is a, an aspect of, of helping us live out who we're supposed to be because God's helping us along the way. I love it because God's loving kindness helps us in the very midst of the day-to-day and the difficulty so in part, David's standing here in awe and wonder because the one whose name is above all name, the one who demonstrated his power through our weakness, the one who's created the heavens and earth, has visited us, cared for us deeply. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. I hope as we go through this, like that refrain just continues in your heart and mind. It's like, uh, it's like your favorite worship song. You just can't get enough of it sometime, right? And you just play it over and over again. Uh, Pastor Holly, I, I, I have some loudspeakers in my office, and I love worship music, so I often play music, and I'm, uh, I love Shane and Shane. If you've never listened to Shane and Shane, they're an incredible band. So sometimes, like, when the chorus comes, and it's just like, they're just, it's just awesome. I'll just turn it up really loud. I'm like, yeah! You know, and I'm sorry, Holly. It's like, I open it in the door. She can hear it all the way down to her office, and I'm like, yeah! And then sometimes I'm like, Shane and Shane are crushing it! You know, it's just like, oh, praise the Lord. That's what this kind of psalm should do, right? Is to say, oh, oh, Lord, thank you for all that you are. Holly probably knows those Shane and Shane songs just as well as I do, because I turned it up. Sorry. <laughs> God didn't just create things and let it go, right? He rolled up his sleeves, he got involved, and he stayed in the midst of his creation. Are you thankful for that? I am so thankful for that. He is with you. So we can live fully into what God has has called us to because he's helping us along the way. And it's really important to know that because because of what the next few verses say. In verses five through eight, God, or David, uh, gives us a purpose. In fact, he takes it right from the creation story, right from Genesis 1, which is an amazing connection here. But verse 5 through 8 say that we have responsibility here on earth. There's something that we have to do. So we need to recognize who God is, and we need to know that God's helping us along the way. Because look at what it says, 5 through 8. Yet you have made them, that is humanity, all of us, only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean current. Whoa. Remember that from Genesis 1 where God says the original intent for that relationship with humanity is I'm, I'm your God, you're my people, and I want you to rule on my behalf. 
And I've given you everything to do that. And then, uh, you know, then it gets all messed up and it's a downward spiral for humanity after like chapter two of Genesis, right? Good job, humanity. We're doing great. And then God comes in with this rescue plan, right? I have something for you. You are going to be my representatives on this globe. I want you to reign and rule. And when you interact with people, I want them to get a sense of who I am. Whoa, (laughs) that's a big responsibility, right? How are you doing with that? (laughs) That's maybe tough to answer. That's why we need help, right? That's why we need to know that God is with us. When I think about the God who's being described in Psalm 8, I recognize rather quickly that I don't look much like that at times. How about you? And we need help to do that. So we have, God has sent help. We know we have the answer. And we're going to look at Hebrews 2 real quick, 6 through 8. This is really fun. Because God is with us, we know that. And and Hebrews chapter 2 quotes Psalm 8. I love when scripture does this, but check it out. Hebrews chapter 2 says this. For in one place the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Or the son of man that you should care for him? Yet for a little while you made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. Ah, it's all made. So great. You gave them authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. We have help (laughs) in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Isn't that encouraging news? And I hope it even increases your awe and wonder at what God has done. He's incredible. We recognize we're weak. We need help and he sent that help for us. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. The writer of Hebrews highlights where we get our help. It's in and through Jesus. And just so we make sure, just to make sure we know that this Jesus that this scripture is talking about is the same exalted God that that begins this psalm. Look at Philippians chapter two. Therefore God exalted him, that is Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that is above every other names. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Mic drop, right? (laughs) Powerful stuff here. So David begins with all of, he's wrapping all of this up. We've gone on this journey through the psalm with him. He's wrapping it all up. And I love it that he he ends exactly how he begins, just in case we need to hear it again. Uh, The third thing that the psalm calls us to do is to worship his name, to be people who exalt God above everything, recognizing this whole process that the psalm has taken us through. And I don't know that I need to say much more about this specifically because we've been talking about this the whole time, that our response should be one of awe, standing, uh, looking up at God, giving him glory for what he's done in surrender to him and asking him to fill us with what we need to be his representatives on on the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Verse 1, and here at the end, verse 9. Pretty incredible, huh? 
Worship team, would you come on back up? So we end with this sense. God, may you be praised. May you be lifted up. May you be lifted on high. Not my name, not our name, but your name. That's part of who we want to be here at Crossview, right? We want to be a people who are pursuing God with all that we are, doing our best to grow in his likeness, loving other people, connecting with each other, and then, and then inviting other people into that, their own process with Jesus. And I'm so thankful that the scriptures encourage us, help us gain that perspective, and help us know exactly what, uh, that he will give us exactly what it takes to do just that. Let's pray together and then we're going to move into a time of communion.